the master of disguise I can vanish from your eyes I can be in different places With my many funny faces in disguise <laughs> Sometimes it's so nifty When I'm really, really shifty Hello and welcome to In Defense of Episode Movies. What is this, episode 7 now? Of our, sure. of our movies, of our bad movies? Well, well, I don't know. This is we've done. This is our second one that we've done in God, just as many days, days, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us. I am Ryan. I'm Brian, and uh, we're going to be talking about the 2002 quote masterpiece. Who says it's a masterpiece? What's well, so I put it in quotes? Oh, I don't think they could see the quotes. No, that's why I said. That's what I said. Oh, you quotes. did say it. Yeah. Okay. So before you get into that, yeah, let's explain what End Defense of is for people who are just joining us for okay. the first time. So what we do is we watch really bad movies. We take a list. We have a list of the top two, or the, excuse me, the bottom two hundred fifty worst movies from IMDb. Anything ranging from a four on down. It's and about it's about two hundred and forty movies. Two hundred forty uh, plus. We've pruned out movies that we've seen mm-hmm. either together or separate because it's not fun if I've already seen it. I'm not watching it a second time. Uh, we put the list one through two hundred whatever into a random number generator. We generate a number. And we pick that movie from the corresponding list. Then we watch the movie. Begrudgingly, we watch the movie. Uh, once we are done, we do watch- it because we love all of you. <laughs> once we're done watching the movie, we go ahead and give our opinions of it, and we do our best to defend said movie, which is why we call it "In Defense of." We try to find at least one good thing about each movie. It could be acting or an actor, it could be scenery, it could be the story. Doubtful. It could be <laughs> a specific scene of like one scene. Or it could be something that was like funny in the movie, but it wasn't meant to be funny, but it made us laugh just because of how absurd or stupid it was. And, you know, so we kind of pick those moments out and, and you know, try and defend the movie based on that. So um, this one was number one. I think this one was number 215 on the list. Or two, maybe two, 200, 215 on the list. I have mm-hmm. to look it up, but it was pretty high on the on the list of low of low rated movies, meaning mm-hmm. that it would be in the threes. Uh, So we did the random number generator, and we came up with a movie that I've actually heard of before. I've heard of it before. I've wanted to see this in the theater just because of the trailer made it look so funny. So so there's only one part of this movie that anybody ever knows. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually see it in context, it's not that funny. It's it's actually awful. But we are talking about the movie The Master of Disguise. Yes. Starring Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Uh, Who was the director? The director of it was Perry... Adelaine Blake. And does, has he done anything else that we would be familiar with? He is best known for Click. Okay. Big Daddy. Okay. Happy Gilmore. So he's a... So he's a, he's a regular... Oh, hap- pardon me, but this is his only directorial Okay, so he must have been a producer because uh, he yes. must be a Happy Madison yes. guy yes. since this was a Happy Madison production. Correct. And Correct. Happy so Madison he's... didn't... Happy Madison is... So he's a big in production design. That, oh. That's where he got his start. This is his first and so far only... Uh, uh, direct, uh, directorial uh, sense. Uh, movie. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So this movie got a 3.3 out of 10. We'll go through the cast after. Yep. So this was a 3.3 out of 10. So going into it, what before before we watch the movie, what, what are your thoughts on what you think the movie is going to be like? I can't believe... Okay, here's the thing. Back in... When I was in middle school, so this would have been probably like around 96, 97, um... Dana Carvey had a TV show. He had a, a sketch comedy show that aired uh, called The Dana Carvey mm-hmm. Show. And I thought it was hilarious. All of my classmates would watch it and then we would like talk about it and just laugh about it the next day. And like everybody would m- mock Dana Carvey, mocking whomever he was mocking mm-hmm. at the time. So it, w- it was really great because, you know, those were his strengths. You know, coming from, you know, comedy oh, background with sure. Saturday Night Live and just being a great mimic. The, the church lady, uh-huh. the George Bush that yep. he had. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he had a lot of them. Those oh, are the two. With, with, well, with Garth uh, from, oh, from for sure. Wayne's World, and you know, on and on. You know, the, the pump you up with with uh, Kevin Neal. <laughs> you know, so, so he's, he's yes, he's he's got great uh, characters. He's got great comedic timing, and so this this Dana Carvey show, which I loved, and all of my friends uh, in middle school loved it, 
and it just you know it didn't last. It lasted God maybe a handful of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and and that was it. It was gone, and never to be seen or heard from again, which I was really mad about. Um, but then I saw you know you know and that was pretty much it for Dana Carvey. Uh, you know the internet wasn't you know isn't wasn't what it is today so you couldn't just like google in a car we see what he's got going on yeah if you're he a big had fan, you know he had like an hbo so, comedy special around yeah, that time yeah. which that my sister and i uh so before this movie came out then you know he had his hbo special and it came out on cd and this was the time napster was around so my sister and i downloaded this off napster and we were listening this is all we would listen to for comedy albums at the time because it was so funny and dana carvey yeah. we liked him from saturday night live yeah. Uh, we were watching Saturday Night Live on Comedy Central reruns back when they actually had great reruns on yeah. of Saturday Night Live from the early 90s, you know, the Norm MacDonald, the Dana Carvey years, yeah. stuff like that. So getting to your point, when this movie came out, I was a little old for it, you know, 2002, but I still was kind of like, maybe I should see this. Because I like Dana see, Carvey. He's pretty funny. Right. That's the thing. Because I would go back and think, oh man, his sketch show was great. And like, I saw the trailer where they're talking about, you know, being a turtle and he's playing all these different characters. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really funny because it's just Dana Carvey you know, acting a fool. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, this is going to be really great. And of course, like me normally, like I never get around to seeing it and I just wait, you know, but then again, internet isn't what, you know, it is today. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really hear about it. You don't hear about the poor reviews, the bad reviews until no. you start looking into it. Now, so going then, into it, I'm like, oh my God, this movie was that bad. So I was very, yeah. So when I saw that, that it was on the list, mm-hmm. I was, at first my initial thought was, of course it's on this list because it's a movie that I would have liked when I was, Sure. 9, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, well, maybe it's not that bad. Because 3.3 isn't necessarily awful. It's bad, but it's not awful. No. And we know how people on IMDb and how the internet are. They will often rate things in the 1s or the 10s and very little in between. Um, it's getting better now, but you know, when there's movies that are bad, it's usually because there's a bunch of 1s that are weighting it down. Mm-hmm. Because they don't understand that you know, it's thumbs up or thumbs down for a lot of people. So, I think going into this movie... Um, I'm a little reluctant, but we'll see how it goes. So what we're going to do, as right. we normally right. going, do. Going into it, I'm actually excited because at one point, I actually did want to see this movie. <laughs> like, this is not like, oh gosh, this movie looks terrible. This is like, oh man, I can't believe this movie's that yeah. bad. So I, we have to go through, you know, and I, like I said, I'm just, I was yeah. just generally interested in watching the so movie. So we're going to, so as we do on every podcast, you are free to join along and watch it if you can find it. Um, I we, we have a copy that we acquired, but in, unfortunately it is not on Netflix. It is not on uh, Hulu. You can purchase it on Amazon. You can purchase it on Google and iTunes and all those things. If you want to find it through other means, I bet you you could maybe look on YouTube and find it. Um, but we're going to pause the podcast now. We're going to watch the movie. Uh, and when we get back, we will give you our thoughts on it and hope that we can have something good to talk about. The name of Turtle Club, you know, it's just a name. I think you're taking it a little bit too literally. Turtle? May I help you? Are you a member of the Turtle Club? Well, not exactly. Not exactly, but am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? Is he okay? He's fine. He's fine, Turtle. Uh, Turtle? Um, he's dreamt of this place ever since he was a child. Turtle! Um, do you think we can go in for a moment? We'll be out in five minutes. Please. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Ugh. That was, that, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, that was Master that was, of Disguise. That was a more offensive movie than I ever thought it would be. Agreed. Like I, I was telling you, kind of, I was while we were talking about it. I, I, I told you this is a movie that would not have been made in 2017. You no, I totally agree. This is not a movie that gets greenlit. This isn't a movie that even gets written. Uh, well, I think it gets written, but I think it goes through many rewrites. Maybe. But yeah, that was it. That was, that was a. There was just so much, just so much weird about this movie. So much that was kind of wrong about it. And... They, they just never stopped with the shtick. And here's the thing, it wasn't even good. Oh no, goodness. Like no. like it wasn't like funny pratfalls or goofy jokes. It was, you know, that 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 made it funny or 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 uh, uh, you know, accidental like humor. Oh, this thing fell in my head. Ah, ha, ha, like goofy Tom and Jerry type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but though, you know, Tom and Jerry made it work. Uh, Dana Carvey did not make this work. No, is that is that Dana Carvey's? Well, it is his fault. Yeah, he was the writer. He wrote this movie. He wrote the movie. All right. So, do you want to get into it? I guess. Yeah, well, let's, we let's, have. Yeah, we, we have so to. We're going to go through the plot. That's what we do. 
so we're going to first go through the plot, and when we're all done, if we haven't mentioned something good about the movie during our discussion, we will discuss at the end the one thing that we have to find good about this. Yeah, there you go. All right. So we're going to start out with the movie. We uh, we see that Happy Madison produced this movie. So I wrote down some, some weird <laughs> which, things. Which kind of tells us right away that we're not off to a great start. Now, when I think of Happy Madison, I think of the movies that were done before there was such a thing as Happy Madison. Like, I thought that that was like Billy Madison. Excuse me, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore, and Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. No, it is not those movies. It, no, it's everything, not. it's everything after, everything after Deuce Bigelow. So Deuce Bigelow was the first movie under the Happy Madison production line, and then everything after that has been, in my opinion, with the exception of very few of them, they've not been good movies. They've mostly been bad movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got like Fifty First Dates. Was, I, is, I would qualify is, that as a good movie. Um, the Benchwarmers, we've talked good about how we like yep. that movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, the oh. Mr. Deeds is a kind of an underrated movie. Uh, yes, I think that was also above I mean, it, average. It, it, was, it was a pretty big box office gross, so it's not really underrated, but most people don't think about that. But then there's also like The Zookeeper. Lame. Jack and Jill. Awful. That's my boy. Grown Terrible. ups. Paul Blart. Mall Blart. Uh, <laughs> Paul Blart. Mall Blart. Uh, the first Grown Ups I thought was pretty good. The Do Over. You know the the Netflix movies that he's done now. Oh, Sandy Wexler. Okay. The Ridiculous Six. Pixels. I mean, these are all produced yeah, yeah. by the Happy Madison label, and it's you know I'd pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That was okay. Eh. That was okay. Eh. It was okay. Eh. Now watch it again. I it, won't watch it. Again. It has not aged at all. It is aged very poorly. Oh. It is not a movie that is really kind of to watch now because again, it's it's just making it's these two people who are making who are finding the loophole of being gay to get benefits. Right. Not a good movie. <laughs> and that's not me being a social justice warrior. That's me saying it's just not a good premise when you go back and think about it. Joe Dirt. Okay, Joe Dirt. Not okay. Here's the thing about Joe Dirt, and maybe we can talk about this on a special bonus episode or something. The state of Happy Madison Productions. <laughs> no, I would just talk about Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt as a whole, when you watch it from start to finish Mm -hmm. and you really watch it and concentrate on it, it's not the best movie out there. No. But it is one of the most quotable, watchable, and bits and pieces movies that's out there, which is really bizarre because it's it's funny. I think think Spade was onto something with this character. I think uh, maybe if they don't draw it out as long as it is and maybe... You know, with some clever editing, mm-hmm. I think it becomes a classic, you know, uh, uh, goofy movie. You know, that's up there with like your Happy Gilmore's and your Tommy Boys, and your Dumb and Dumber's. I think I would put it in those categories. But it just it just goes on a little too long. But but like I said, as a whole, not great. Bits and pieces of it, and and then funny little lines. Oh, it's full of them. It's absolutely full of them. I don't remember any lines from that movie. I'll oh be my honest. gosh, seriously. I mean, I've seen the movie. It's so, it's so I've seen the it's, movie. It's really funny. I when you when you look it. at scenes, when you just look at specific scenes, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. When you look at like when you when you look at it and have to actually watch the movie and analyze it, it's not good. Which is which is so bizarre. And I will stand by that statement. And we can watch it and you can and we'll like do a watch live or something like that. But it's Ugh. dude, it's there's the scenes are funny. Like when the when the dookie falls from the airplane. And he thinks it's a meteor, but it's actually a big frozen piece of poop, and he's eating off of it. Dude, that's hilarious. See, that's just not my humor. That's not my humor. <laughs> if you thought that it's was, if so you think that's funny, funny you would have loved that, the fucking running gag in this movie. Oh, that was really dumb. No, no, no you cannot one like one. Yes, of I can. No, because this was actually this was so much smarter than the than the running gag in Master of the Sky. Oh, okay. And then uh, and then the Joe Dirt where like the wig fuses to his head. Like, come on. That, that's funny. Like, oh well, well, part of it was like this is this isn't really my hair. This is just a wig that my parents put on me because my brain didn't cl- or my skull didn't close all the way when I was born. So now my skull is fused around the wig. Like, did you ever? That's funny. Did you ever see the sequel that they did two years ago? I wanted to because I enjoyed the first one. I did, uh, but I never, I never, I never watched it because I, I've heard it almost awful made things. our list. Oh really? But it's how, how, four point two. Maybe we both have to like go in defense of just for shit movies that everybody's watched. Well, so that would maybe be listen. that would maybe be a, a, like a viewer's choice. It sure. Has to be under has to be under four point whatever. Okay. All right. All right. Um, it can be under. I mean, you yeah, pick any movie. I guess it doesn't have to be under anything. Anyway, so we're done with Happy Madison. Sure. Okay. Um, they you know they they brought James Rowland into this movie. Yeah. So that's the first thing we see is him as a an Italian. So he he he's he's the the current. So the movie, the movie starts in 1979, uh-huh. and he's 
undercover as Bo Derek, which, Bo, which is weird because because Bo Derek just we cannot escape the Bo Derekness of our no, movies. No, we cannot. It's back to back. Bo Derek has been in our movies, and she actually got the Razzie for her uh, for her scene. She did, but she was only in the movie for uh, two minutes. See, that's what I don't understand about the Razzies. That's what makes me think that they just have a personal vendetta against people. Like yeah. maybe like Bo Derek's dog shit on one of the Razzie voters' lawn or something like that. Maybe. And like that was the just end of Bo Derek. But yeah, she was in the movie for not long enough to win worst supporting actress in my opinion. So yeah, so really, it's she's stealing something because she she's because uh, it's actually James Brolin's character Fabrizio Disguise is his name. Yeah, Disguise. You see Disguise. Where, you see where we're going with this? And he is the current master of disguise. Master of disguise in a long running family of disguise masters. It's a secret society mm-hmm. of people. So we see Bo Derek running away from Brent Spiner. And I forgot his name for half the movie until I realized it was Devlin. Okay? Mm. So Devlin gets caught and goes to jail. And Fabrizio comes out of his Bo Derek costume. Uh, and to s- keep his family safe, because he knows that eventually Devlin's going to, I guess, escape jail, he puts the life of disguise away and starts a an Italian restaurant in. Man, was the like city. New dis- York or Manhattan? The city was never said, I don't think. I don't think so. But he just, in a. In a he's basically in Little Italy yeah. of, of, a, of, a, of a big city. Um, and he and his wife have a baby and they name it Pistachio because that's a standard Italian name, sure. just like Fabrizio, yeah. which I suppose Fabrizio was the guy in Titanic. Yeah. So why not? And it's not the same person though. Cause that would be really weird. Uh, anyway, so his son is Pistachio and he knows nothing of the family business. Right. He's just grown up thinking that the family business is owning a restaurant, but he, but he shows signs of, I guess, being a master of disguise by doing impressions since he was a kid. Yeah, just mimicking people. Yeah, and it's not even, know, it's not even copying, doing impressions. And copying not, them. Like, he, if he, he slips into this weird, and they, they show it in the movie, he kind of slips into this like a trance. trance yeah. And, and he, he morphs his voice to mimic as closely as he can the person that he's trying, that, that, that either offended him or that he, that he was stuck into the trance with. So mm. we see a couple times where he... He uh, he turned into um, the, the, the the like the Western guy, the, the the stereotypical cowboy, and was mocking him and his wife. And you mm-hmm. see it, a, you know, a few other times. Um, one so right right off the bat, we get into one of the most offensive parts of the movie, and it's the Italian accents in this movie. Yes, and I have on here. I'm not sure how Pistachio has the worst stereotypical Italian accent when his mother and his father don't have terrible. Italian accent. They just have normal. Well, James Brolin kind of slips in and out of his accent, but yeah. their mo- the mother, no, she, yeah, she does not have an accent. In so the she must not be Italian then. It must no. come from the father's side, which which is bizarre, right? Because the, the accents aren't very strong, but he has a very strong, poor Italian it's, accent. It's, it's it's one of the accents that he would have done on a skit on Saturday Night Live in the early nineties. Uh, yes, like the Fresh Papa when yeah. they did that with Adam Sandler. That's what right. I thought about when he right. was doing that weird stereotypical italian waiter mm-hmm. accent from that skit right um but he never he just he never loses it until he does his accent his other impressions or his right. disguises um so i'm gonna go through the notes i have here real quickly i've got that there was a dated shrek reference where he was trying to do shrek and donkey yes. to the kid yeah which at the time it wasn't dated but now it does not age well because it's just there hasn't been a shrek movie in, in, se- years. in seven years yeah. So what he does, he I mean, it was a pretty good impression. It was that's Dana Carvey doing what, what comes well, natural yeah, to him. Dana Carvey imitating Mike Myers mm-hmm. and Eddie Murphy, which two was, people he would have been in Saturday Night Live with. Yes. Uh, well, would he have been there with Eddie, when Eddie got there? I think well, I thought Carvey was there since the eighties. There may have been a couple years of overlap, yeah. or maybe a season, yeah. maybe not. But I know he was definitely there with Mike well, Myers. Yeah, obviously with Mike Myers. Um, but you know. Um, Wait, well, Saturday Night Live alum, anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was just—it was so forced, though. That scene when the the waiter or his friend or whatever, hey, uh, for the uh, pistachio, why don't you do uh, your voices for the kid and cheer him up? Like any kid wants to hear that, 
It's just, it's just, oh, well, let's, we have to set precedence that this guy is just a wonderful, you know, mimic and, you know, mm-hmm. so to move the story along. He didn't even quote it right. That was the worst part <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. Like, like, they probably I, couldn't get the rights. What does it, yeah, I suppose. I mean, but it's parody, so they don't have to necessarily, I mean, they can quote however they want. You don't have to get That's movie true. rights to quote them. If you were gonna put the scene in the movie, you need sure. to write for it. But if you're just gonna mimic it, yeah. there's no there's no law against that. Um, and then you see the voices in his head are getting worse. Um, and then Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner. I keep gonna I'm gonna call him I'm gonna call him Dada or Brent Spiner. I'm not gonna call him Devlin, <laughs> but Devlin gets out of jail, uh, and he gets Fabrizio and his wife. It's uh, Devlin and not Devin. It's Devlin. Oh good yeah. God! All right, I, I heard Devin like the whole time. No, I'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure. That it is Devlin. Okay. I will look real quickly now that you've said it. I'll look it up. You can keep talking. It is Devlin Bowman. God damn it. So I, I don't want to go too fast through. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna zip through this plot because there's not really much of a plot to no, speak of. No, Because no. um, no, the movie is only literally 60 minutes long. Uh-huh. It only made runtime because the credit sequence was so long. It was 15 minutes of credits. Mm-hmm. So the only reason that this made feature length runtime was because of the credits. And the opening credits too were like five minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. If yeah. you think about it. Yeah, with that damn book. Yeah, that took forever. So, do you have anything up to Fabrizio getting captured and his wife getting captured? Do you have any additional notes to add other than bad bad Italian accents? Uh, we had the uh, the dated Trek reference and his voice is in his head getting worse and mimicking the, the cowboy guy. Oh, yeah. Settle on because I have notes. Okay, what do you got <laughs> before the... So, when his girlfriend... Or not his girlfriend, but his uh, girl that he has a crush his one, on. His one date girl. Yeah, his one date girl. Um, basically, she just you know says what we're all thinking, and that uh, you know that he needs that she's tired of the voices and the impressions, right? Mm-hmm. That he needs to stop, right? And then later on, when oh wait, okay, so I'm gonna. What's her name? Sophia. Uh, yes. Okay. That was Sophia. Um, you know that was just that was my big note from the beginning was that you know she's she's saying what we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. I think this guy needs to cool it. You know, he needs he needs to pause. You need to stop. You need to. And she had a terrible Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Rex, what are you doing with your arm around the cake, and the Tush Queen? What are you doing out here with the oversized Rex? Look, pistachios, the silly voices, the making faces. It was fun for like one second, okay? Only one second. I never wanted to go out with you. We also had um, an appearance. So young pistachio was. Uh, was Dylan and Cole, uh, I forget their last name, from Zach and Cody, from Big Daddy. Um, so they, they somehow made it into this movie as well, after their big starring role in Big Daddy. Um, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Uh, with, I think Cole Sprouse now, I think it's Cole. I think he's in uh, Riverdale now. Maybe it's Dylan. I don't know. Why, why would you? Why would I know? Yeah. Because I've watched that show. Oh, all right. I don't remember. But yeah, it's just it was weird to see them in for four seconds and they both get credited. Like, how does that work? Like, did they literally each kind of just be in for two seconds of the movie? And well, because when they, they exploded the... Like, it was a science experiment gone wrong. And so um, one of them would, would be uh, uh, the you know clean kid. And then when he pours the stuff into the beaker, then the other kid, you know, they, they show a flash of smoke. And then the other kid pops up from behind the desk. When the smoke clears, then he's like all fried and stuff because he added the wrong mm-hmm. uh, ingredients to it. So that's how they did it. If you if you uh, waited and watched all of the uh, end credits, oh, they I did. Have, they oh. have the takeaway. So, so, oh, so the Easter eggs were okay. Yeah, I did. I stopped at the credits because mm-hmm. I didn't want to watch another fifteen minutes of this movie. No, I don't blame you. Um, yeah, but they they did not do a very good mimicking of the of the teacher because that was supposed to be him, kind of. Yes. Like oh, I'm, you know, his voices are developing, but mm. no, they just that was not. It was not good at all. Um, okay, I don't have anything else for that. Um, anything good so far? Have we, have, we, have we come across our defense, our defensible thing yet? No? <laughs> all right, no, let's move on. No. All right. So the narrator of the movie. There's narration at the beginning, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's Pistachio's grandpa, Fabrizio's father. Um, he comes, What I guess, I guess he comes because Fabrizio gets captured and somehow he knows. Like, through, like, the Force or something. Because there's some really weird Force analogies in this movie. Um, but he doesn't have a name. He's just Grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, disguise Uh He comes and explains... No, he has a name. No, he doesn't. It's Grandfather Disguise-y. No. 
On the no, on the IMDb, he's got a name. What's they, the, what they is the name on IMDb? You look it up. I will look um, it up. So he comes and explains that there's a history of, of disguisers. Oh, there's, God, it is Grandfather Disguiser. It's just Grandfather. Jesus Christ. I wrote that down because I was like, he doesn't have a name. Just like Mom doesn't have a name. Mom is Mama Disguisey. It's a Mama Disguisey. Huh. No kidding. So he explains there's the history of disguisers all the way back for a long time. Uh, and here we get another extremely, extremely terrible scene. They talk about how Abraham Lincoln was a great talker, but he could not get the crowds to 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 vote for him. He was he was very smart, but couldn't get the crowds to talk. This so then scene. he so then he leaves. Yeah. So Abraham Lincoln leaves, and yeah. the disguisey comes in, who actually is played by Dana Carvey. If you look close enough, Dana Carvey plays the Abe Lincoln disguisey. Well, of course, yeah. And they end up doing this weird dance sequence to the song "I Like to Move It, Move It," <laughs> and it was just the most out of place atrocious scene in a mm. movie that I've seen in quite some time. And we've mm. seen a lot of terrible movies doing this It was this so podcast. confusing because they wouldn't be playing that song, first of all, back in the 1860s. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And the, the dancing was so over the top and yep. the crowd was just getting into this. And it's yeah. like, where did this come from? Right. And I, you know, is it just, was it, is this an example of a scene that's meant for kids and not for See, us? And that's just the thing because I have it in my notes. Who is this movie for? Right. And I, I think it has to be for kids. Because mm-hmm. because us as adults, we're going through and we're watching this and we're like, what the hell is it? It has to be for the little for the littler kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why the Dana Carvey show never made it because it was only appealing to middle schoolers. But So it got the PG certification, but it had to drop seven seconds of stuff in order for it to be PG instead of PG-13. So right. it's borderline PG. Right. But I don't even think it's borderline PG. Like, I think it's... Borderline GPG. Yeah, so my, do I. Which is, yeah, which is weird that they had to drop seven seconds of stuff when it's not that bad of a movie, like uh, parental guidance wise. Yeah. So so anyway, um, we have that terrible Abraham Lincoln scene, uh, and then his his grandpa gets a book out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this book I guess has a it's a book of prophecies or a book of disguise of the book of the it's called the secret book of the disguise way. Right. And. It's like a pop-up book. And Fabrizio, in his really simplistic mind, I guess, loves the fact that it's a pop-up book. They only show it twice. They do. And each time it has an extremely specific prophecy for what the scene right. is, is entailing. So, right. like, the fir- I, don't, I didn't write them down. I don't know if you wrote them down. But the first one was like... I did. Uh, so the, fir- the first, the first one. one is the grandfather must not help out if the grandson's parents are kidnapped. Yes. Like, so, something along those lines. So, yeah. the grandfather can't help out. That's a very specific rule. And we'll, right? and we'll get Which to the second. I actually think that's kind of funny. Right, because mm-hmm. it helps with the plot a little bit in a very specific way. Why can't Why can't you help, Grandpa? Well, because it says in the book. Because it says in the book, right? Which is really which. That's actually kind of funny. I didn't laugh. I don't like that they went to the well on it twice, though. Yeah, like the first one, I, I understand why they did it for the first one, but right. the second one again, yeah. it was just to 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 push the plot along because they couldn't think of a better way to do it. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Grandpa Grandpappy Disguisey finds some sort of a Rube Gold looking machine to open up the secret nest. That he has. Did you remember that? Like, it was yes. just this weird Rube Gold which machine. Which was completely which... unnecessary. Because when they show the room, none of that stuff is there. But then they turn the knob or the lever, and then all of that stuff is yep. all of a sudden there to, to turn this mm-hmm. machine on. Which is fucking ridiculous. So, they find this nest. He gets the, the all the stuff about um, being a, a master of disguise. Like, he's going to have to learn to, to become the master. Mm-hmm. So, we get this really awful training montage. And this and, and this is like the running gag or the running joke also with the movie is, you know, this is what you're doing. And he's like flapping his, his hand yeah. because he keeps talking. This is what I need you to be doing. And he closes his, you know, he closes his fingers together to, to signify that he needs to close his mouth. And they, they go back to that a few times. They go back too. to that a few times. But then the other thing I, I like is that, again, it, it's, I guess, commiserating with the audience that they have to put up with Dana Carvey. Because, again, the grandpa tells him that he needs to stop talking. Mm-hmm. Like, you need, you need to keep your mouth quiet. Right when I'm talking, this is ridiculous, you know, kind of thing. So it's like, okay, yeah, so they get it. They get that he's an annoying, you know, little man and he needs to be quiet, but we're all, you know, subjugated yeah. to this for the next hour and a half. Yeah, it just... Hour, hour 20, even. Not even a full hour movie. No, I think, I mean, most of this takes place within the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like half of it, up to, up to like, training montage is, like, Did, Which, by the minutes. way, that training montage was long. For, yeah, for, for as much movie as there was, it's a very <laughs> long montage. Correct. Um... So after the montage, we cut we cut to Devlin and Fabrizio, uh, and Devlin wants Fabrizio's help 
He's like, I, I know you're the master of the skies. I know you got me back in the 70s. How about you help me now? And we can steal all these artifacts. Right. And, and, yeah. we'll, start, and we'll start with the, you know, we'll, we'll start with the Constitution, basically. And, and Fabrizio's like, I'll never do that. Uh, but then he sees that Mama Fabrizio, Mama disguises like under a spell or something where she thinks she's continually cooking food. Right. And at any time, one of Devlin's No, because it was something that they put in like the caramel corn or whatever. Yeah. And but, then she kept eating it, so she thinks she's in... In her kitchen at her home. kitchen, right, making normal food. So she's just constantly doing that for the rest of the movie. And there's henchmen hiding in, like, flour. There's henchmen yeah. hiding in, in like, in, like the sink. There's a few places that yeah. they were. Um, but he's like, no, fine, fine, I'll help you. Right. You know, he, so he's slowly, like, I guess, giving up. Fabrizio's just like, I guess I'll help you. Because then, of course, right. reasons. His, right, know. his his wife is... Because his, his wife's more important than the whole world. Right, Which. Basically. That's fine. I understand that from a from a from a perspective for a kids movie, but really, you're a master of disguise. You're supposed to be a secret agent. You're supposed to know that the needs of the many should outweigh the needs of the few. So you should just take oh, this that, guy down. Yeah, and, now you're just now you're just putting words in his mouth. I am. So then we get back to um, we get back to the tra- end of the training montage, right? And we see this the next the most extremely offensive thing in this movie. Is when he's trying to imitate a native Indian person. Yes, that was so bad. It was so bad. So so Fabrizio, not Fabrizio. So Pistachio is in brown face. Yeah, literally his whole body is covered in brown paint, like like makeup. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to imitate. And they gave him they gave him some uh, some teeth too. They gave him these really crooked ass teeth. Yeah, and they gave him a a. a a recorder instead of a like a like a normal snake charming flute. They give him a recorder mm-hmm. and there's a snake in, in in a basket. So this is a scene straight out of like Aladdin, which I guess that's not Indian. That would be more like just Middle Eastern mm-hmm. stereotype. But regardless, it's a Middle Eastern stereotype. And and he's trying to become this. He's trying to disguise himself as the snake as, charmer. As a snake charmer. Yeah. And he first does a really poor job of it. Okay. But then his grandpa tells him about how there's something called Energico. Yeah. Which is literally... The, Energico. Energico, which is literally the force. Because it's something that Basically. surrounds the disguises. And yeah. you have to you have to use this power in order to become a completely different... And I'm putting that in air quotes. Different person mm-hmm. in disguise. So like when at the beginning of the movie when he was Bo Derek. That was supposedly him using the Energico. Energico. To do to do that, so what do you did you write down the mantra that he had to, that they were saying? I forget the mantra, no. and I wish I wish I would have wrote it down. Like something, be the person you wish to be, or something like that. And you yeah, have to say like it over be and over again. the person. Or something like be right. the person. Be a different person. Be a different person. And so he right. does this, and then you see that his makeup gradually gets better slash worse, and he embodies the stereotype even greater. Yeah, and is able to play the the the, the recorder. In order to charm the snake, and right. his accent becomes even more mm. stereotypical, and mm-hmm. it was just an uncomfortable scene to watch because really I know what they were going for, and mm-hmm. this is why we said this movie would not have been made mm-hmm. nowadays, at least not with a PG rating. Mm-hmm. It it was bad. It I was agree. Not, it was not PC, and I'm not a person who's PC to begin with. Like I'm not somebody who crusades to have everything politically correct, but mm-hmm. even that was just kind of you that was really, a little over. Did the you top. really go there? Yeah. Like you want kids in school mimicking that, imitating the fact that he's that he's doing that right. that noise, you know, you know, the you know, it just Yeah, it was, it, it was no, it was bad. I I I completely I can't agree. even do it and I feel the, bad trying to do no, it. No, I don't know. I, I don't think you should. <laughs> we, we don't need to be getting any any letters. So, yeah. It's so, just, maybe I'll cut it. Really it maybe I'll cut that part in. Just a little bit of it. Just <laughs> so you can hear what it, yeah. how bad it was if you didn't watch the movie. And if you did watch the movie, you suffered with us. It is called Energico. Energico. When you learn to tap into Energico, you will be able to access words, skills, ideas that you never dreamed were possible. You can think like another person. You will be able to act like another person, to feel like another person. You will become another person. Become another person. Yes. You must repeat the mantra. Become another 
person. Become another person. Nothing's happening. Again? Become another person. Repeat? Become another person. Become another person. Become another person. Good. Who are you now? The question is not who I am. The question is who are you? I know who I am. I am Prince Lalejama from the Ringy Dingy Heights near Bombay, Calcutta, and Nutelli, India, 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 India. Um, then you move on to the ancient art of slap boxing or whatever it was called. I don't know what it was called. Yeah, because because punching somebody doesn't take away. Or no, no, let's just say slapping somebody like takes away that person's dignity, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why nobody punches. You always slap people with an open mm-hmm. with an open palm, which is some stupid thing that they made up for the movie just because slapping. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm going to go two more points and then we'll stop there and you can recoup with your notes. we got Fabrizio disguising as Michael Johnson because that was relevant six years after he won the gold medal. <laughs> and he wanted to borrow the Constitution and they just let him borrow it. Just, right? I don't get the, Yeah, like, I don't get that. just let him borrow it. Hey, it's okay, you know, it's everything. Michael Johnson, of course, we'll give you the Constitution. And this is the second instance of this. We didn't mention it before, but uh, Brent Spiner says... <laughs> I have it in my notes. It's Brent. Devlin... Um, Basically says like a joke and goes ha 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 and then he yeah. just and he just toots. It's the constant laughing and farting and laughing and farting and laughing. And every and time farting. he laughs for an extended period of time, it happened like seven fucking yeah. times this movie. There were more farts in this movie than there were in goddamn Baby Geniuses too. I want you to drop your pizza apron, become a master of disguise once again, and help me obtain the world's rarest treasures. You're a sick man, Bowman. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's just every time he would laugh, he would fart. At the very end, he'd go, and then the, there would be silence. Like, they were expecting Awkward the silence. crowd to right. laugh. That, right. Like, that's the funny thing. Right? This is a continual running joke where the, where the evil guy just keeps farting, and it's funny. And then we've got, uh, they're looking for an assistant because apparently every disguisee needs an assistant. And they end up they end up choosing Jennifer Baker, played by Jennifer Esposito, who's the mother of the young kid from earlier, which makes that whole circle, you know, which makes that whole story come full circle. Yep. Because now it makes sense that, oh, hey, you were nice to my kid. I'll be your assistant. Sure. Uh, and she completely signs up for this, not knowing what the hell she's getting into. No. It's just, hey. What, what, I don't what, think the audience knew. What are your what measurements? We need you to wear a uniform, which right. she never wears a uniform. Nope. Um, so that was a weird joke. They just want to make fun of her tiny butt. Yeah, because, you know, because Mar- Sophia had a huge butt. And- right, and Mama has a huge butt. And Dana Carvey's character, Pistachio, kind of has a large butt fetish. Yeah, of course. Is is the and thing, and this is in a and this is in a kids movie. He said a bunch of weird things about that too. Um, yeah. All right, so we're gonna stop there. I think that for me, that's that's the end of of the, of this section of the movie. Sure. What do, what do you have to add up to um, Jennifer Baker being hired? Yeah. So I have the Devin Bowman laughing and farting thing. Okay. And I know we we already talked about that, but I just if that's what you know passes as comedy in this movie, like they think, oh, this is gonna be ready because he's gonna keep farting, like. Clearly, we aren't the people that this movie was targeted for. I, I, mean, think, I, I like a good fart joke every now and then. Like, I watch South Park, for crying out loud. Also true. I get, I get plenty of it's like, stupid it's fart like, jokes. It's like but it's, there's, but, there's but a time and more, a place. But, and they're, but they're more highbrow they, than well, they, this they are. There's a time and a place for a fart joke. And there's also the way that it's presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I have in my notes, um, it's almost like Dana Carvey saw his friend Mike Myers, um, you know, success that he had with Austin Powers. So he kind of wanted to try and replicate the same. You know, same success. And that's that's what I got out of this. Mm-hmm. Was him just trying to be a goofy character of a spy person to then, you know, replicate what Mike Myers had done with the Austin Powers franchise. Because Goldmember just came out around that same time. Yeah, so Goldmember would have been 2002. Yep. Right, because it was 97, yep. so 99. there's already three Austin Powers movies. And Mike Myers at that time was... And he was also in Shrek. He was at correct. the top of the movie charts as correct. far as the comedy movies. It was Mike go. Myers, right. Yeah. And so Dana Carvey's like, what? You know, I'm I'm thinking this. I'm sure this didn't go through his head. I hope he's like, well, why not me? I'm I'm funny too. I was the other half of you know Wayne's World. Let's I would let's I do would all think, this. You know, and he wanted to try and do his own movie. I would think that probably was going through his head. Like I can replicate this because he he was in Little Nicky for a little bit just as a cameo. Yeah. But what was the last movie that he had done? Uh nothing. Trapped in Paradise. Uh in like Wayne's World 2 that was, those were like 93, yeah. 94 so he hadn't done a, an actual movie where he was the star of a movie in 8 years yeah. so of course he's probably thinking well what am I going to do you know because he wasn't you know he did he did a little bit of um, he had his Dana Carvey you talked about the Dana Carvey show but that mm-hmm. was only like 8 episodes 10 episodes right yeah, that's about it 
And then that was it. Like so, he's sitting at home thinking, "Well, why can't I be in a movie?" Be Mike too? Myers, right? Mike Myers is a good friend. I think of mine. that, I think I that you're onto something here. Right? So let's let's make a comedy that I think people would it's, like. It's a it's a spy ripoff. It's mm-hmm. him doing characters because Mike Myers is a British secret agent in Austin Powers, mm-hmm. and so then Dana Carvey's like, "Well, okay, I'll be an Italian secret agent." In, in Master of the Skies. And we can have a huge franchise just like Austin Powers because it's, again, it's the goofiness. It's a lot of characters. All my friends are going to be in the movie. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to have all these crazy cameos just like they did in Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Right? That's my, that's my, that's where my brain went. Yeah. Right? I, think you're, I, think, I think you're onto something. Because like I was that. just bitter at Dana Carvey for making this and I have to watch it. Yeah. Um, and then the other note I have in here was every other Master of Disguise looks like the person that they're disguised as. Like the celebrity cameos... But the, every celebrity cameo is actually Fabrizio Disguise being a master of disguise. For that. But then every other character that Dana Carvey does is just Dana Carvey dressed reason. up as a character. But there's a reason for that. Why? Remember in the movie he said that he's only a level 1.5 master of disguise. Sure. But then he's why? Not quite to the highest But then level why yet. at the end of the movie doesn't he dress up as those people? Because he's still not a level 3 or level whatever. Nah. He's still not a full master of disguise. Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's why. No, I mean, that, no, that, 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 I mean that, that's why his father was a level. Well, no, it's high because level. it's because it's Dana Carvey, and they need him to do, out there doing his doing his. Yeah, his but, thing. but it that's, does that's make, why. But it's it makes like sense that. in story. Okay. It makes sense in story. Nah, barely. It makes more sense than anything else, because he's not a full master of disguise. He was level one point five because that's why he has the assistant, and that's why he's getting you know all the help because he hasn't. He's not a full master of disguise. He's. He's Luke Skywalker. He didn't get into the game early enough in his life <laughs> to become a Jedi. You're comparing, you're comparing Pistachio Disguise to Luke Skywalker? Yeah, Luke, Sky, Luke, Luke Disguise Walker. No. I don't know. No, Disguise Walker? Missed on that one. Disguise Walker. There we go. Yeah. I got it that time. Best of both worlds. Anyway, that, that's the notes I have up until All right. that point. All right. So we're going to start our down the stretch they come moment here. Oh, I got a lot of notes for this. All right. Turtle Club. So, oh, here, before we get to the Turtle Club. Yeah. Um, basically, there's a big, uh, I guess his grandpa gives him the disguise ball of knowledge to help in dire straits. Right. Which doesn't come in handy until the end of the movie. So whatever. Right. It's a, it's, it's there. It's a plot device. It's literally there as a plot device. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make some reference about having to, so they, they find the cigars that Devlin smokes. Right. And they're, they say on a Turtle Club or, or whatever. So they, they assume that that's where the cigars are made and sold and whatnot. So they go to the Turtle Club. And this is the thing, this is the only part of the movie that I had ever known before seeing the movie. Correct, because it's of, the only thing from the trailer that was funny. Were, yeah. And, and I it, don't know what specifically the movie was about back when I saw the trailer, but I did know the Turtle Club part. So, it, for, you know, it's just the, am I, not, am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Squad? Yeah. yeah and so, right. so the Turtle Club is not an actual club of turtles, which Jennifer has repeatedly told <laughs> Pistachio that you are not supposed to be dressed like that this right. is just a regular club just mm-hmm. called the turtle club and we get some really it's just a really uncomfortable awful scene mm-hmm. and and jennifer you know has to use her looks basically to get into the club right because he's you know being a he's being a, a, a doof, doofus yeah. turtle turtle and he's making this gargle yeah, noise he's making turtle noises right like, what and you, then yeah. they get in to talk to the guy who's been selling cigars to devlin because they find out his name from the cigar vendor right and he's going like turtle and yeah. he's just it's just so like I don't like like thinking about it now it's funny as hell but you're watching it it's not it, funny though it's, it's funny because of it's how funny dumb because, it is correct, it's correct. Just, because of how stupid it is but when you're watching the movie you're like what is this guy doing what is he doing what the fuck is he right? doing he's supposed to be under, like undercover and they go in like it's just oh my god like I don't get because it's, it's so frustrating because this would not work he would get shot in the face if they tried to get into like this super Am I not turtle enough for the club. turtle club turtle 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 yeah then so then we get to the second third celebrity cameo and we have we have Fabrizio dressed up as Governor Jesse Ventura who's stealing the Liberty Bell borrowing the Liberty Bell because that happens because again the governor can go to a different state that he's not the governor of and say I want to borrow the, the Liberty Bell uh, and then we get uh, we get another fart joke Another yep, laughing and fart joke. The, the evil every the time evil, Devlin's there. Yeah, the stereotypical evil villain laugh after they, you know. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. Okay, then then there's like a meeting after. So this is a weird scene. So they're at a they're at a restaurant, a bar, something, 
And they're talking about the, 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 the adventure that they just had, if you can call it an adventure. Uh, so Pistachio is with Jennifer, and then for some reason, Jennifer's boyfriend is also on a date with Sophia. And they get into a fight, and Pistachio loses the fight, essentially. Um, but there was just kind of a weird scene. Like, they were sitting literally next to each other in the damn restaurant. How did they not see each other? I because I don't know because movie yeah because movie needed a reason for these two to have a falling out so Jennifer could end up with with pistachio and it could just give us more reasons to see why Sophia is a jerk probably so they they so they're looking I guess who Devlin is they're trying to figure out who Devlin is and did they go to like a class like a classmate yearbook website to get his yearbook quote I must have man. I must have zoned out. There is a part. weird scene. I don't. I wish I would have written down the yearbook quote. But they basically find him on like classmates.com with a yearbook quote about him. One day I want to be evil and rule the world and all this. And it was just so <laughs> on the nose yeah. as as to what he was doing. Um, so they get they get word that he's going to be at an antiques fair. Yes. So they go to because he's because he's kind of a collector. That's why he wants the Liberty Bell. That's why he wants the. The uh, Apollo Eleven lander. That's why he wants the Constitution. So, so there's um. So they go to the antiques fair, and we have Jennifer just dressed as Jennifer again, and we have Pistachio dressed as Church Lady. Is all I could think of. I don't know what she. I don't know what he she was supposed to be dressed up as, but it looked like the Church just... Lady. It sounded like the church lady didn't look... Well, I guess it didn't look like the church lady, yeah, but just the, right. the way that just, it was... Right. It, which was which was really bizarre. I, I don't understand at all. Then we get a really weird reference to Malcolm in the Middle. Do you remember that? No. Pistachio says, this is one girl that's not going to be the Malcolm in your middle. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Another dated reference Yeah. from a show that was just good at the time but now nobody knows what Malcolm in the Middle is now so watching it right you know unless you actually grew up in it so <laughs> yeah the movie definitely doesn't age well um so then they you know they're they're done at the fair and they kind of regroup from that and they open up the book again the the disguise with the secret book of disguise whatever it's called uh and there's another weird prophecy here's the second weird prophecy okay yes and it's this one basically says that uh, that the 1.5 level master disguise assistant will need to date weird old guys. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's just such a random... It's in the rule book. It was in the rule book. So then, she, so then Jennifer has to kind of go and in, in, in infiltrate Devlin's hang, his, his hangout, his warehouse. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. Um... But, uh, yeah, so they they get to the party, mm-hmm. okay, and we have another random weird impression. So we, we just had Dana Carver, we just had Pistachio dressed as an elderly woman, and now he's dressed as Al Pacino in Scarface? That is the thing that drove me most nuts is when all of a sudden he started to actually do real people. Like, he's clearly Al Pacino. And then later on, he's Robert Shaw from Jaws. Uh-huh. No, yeah, Cajun Bayou Man, I wrote down. No, that's Robert Shaw from Jaws. Well, I know what it is, but I just wrote it down as he was doing the Cajun Man voice that he's done before in SNL. I don't know. Adam Sandler's done Cajun Man. That's what it was. But yeah. it was yeah, but it was a Cajun Man Bayou Man impression from no. SNL. No, it was Robert Shaw. From Jaws. No, I know what he was supposed to be, but it didn't it sound wasn't like Cajun. that. Well, it's because he's bad at doing Robert I Shaw. Know. That's what I'm saying. No, but the, but, the Cajun Man, but, that's, that's... But that's, that whole scene is weird because yeah, it's just Adam two henchmen Sandler. running from, like, one scenery to another, like, on-the-lot scene. So, like, they get from... Uh, they, they get to... They, they start at the party and then they go to, like, a weird bayou. Like, just there's a weird swamp in the middle of this of this area. And that's where they do this... Impre- that's where he does his, you know, his Jaws, Robert Shaw, Cajun Bayou Man impression. Right. Uh, and then they run from that scene. He gets out of the boat and runs away. And then there's another scene where he's... Well, hang on. We, we got to go back. Because when he was Al Pacino, 
he was supposed to be distracting mm-hmm. Devlin, which he was doing very well because then Jennifer Esposito was free to run around and do whatever uh-huh. she needed to do. There to, was actually a funny right? line that she had there, and actually that was a pretty fun sequence. So she's inside snooping around, right? And she's in the living room, and and Devlin comes in. He goes, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "Well, I'm looking for the bathroom." And he goes, "In the living room?" And she goes, "Well, I don't know where it is." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, "Yo." It's true. Like yeah. as, as a bad guy, you're you know as the guy who's invited the girl, I'd be like, yeah, well, you're looking in the wrong space, woman. Yeah. And it's just, I thought it was just kind of funny that he that, that the line was actually written. In the, sure. You know, it wasn't just I'm looking for the bathroom. It's over here. It's in the living room. You're looking for yeah, a bathroom. For a bathroom. Well, I don't know where. I don't know where yeah. you keep your bathroom, right? But the the scene I wanted to talk about was back when Danny Carbu is Al Pacino. Okay. He's supposed to be distracting Devlin. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, I love this song. I got to dance. Oh, yes. And he goes up there. And again, more dancing awfulness mm-hmm. that's not even good. Mm-hmm. And he loses track of Devlin, which then is mm-hmm. free to, you know, Devlin is free to go and, you know, go track down Jennifer. And I don't I don't understand why he needed to go up and, and dance. I, I Which then led to the henchman finding him and chasing him, which then led to him... Being dressed up as Robert Shaw and a mound of grass with poop on his face. Yep, he was hiding as a cow pie. And he gets stepped on in the face. And the guy goes, oh, I stepped in a cow pie. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I guess he's not here. And then they run away. And then they leave. And then he stands up. And then they see him stand up. And then they go back and they get him. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand this movie. So, Jennifer gets kidnapped, right? No, she doesn't get kidnapped because he. It's it's weird because you think she's going to because he was really upset with her. Oh yeah, and then but then but because then, she must have like pooped in the living room then, or something. And Dana and then Pistachio comes in as like a James Bond aristocrat, aristocrat. So bizarre. And he's like, oh, I'll take this chip chip cheerio and and, that, and that's the thing that that's racist to British people. Yeah. It's like, well, of course you don't. But yes, get it, got it. Of course you don't. Good, you know. And then he goes, uh, and he does the, the the hand thing, doesn't he? Yes, too? this is what I, this is what you're doing. This is what I need you to be doing. Yeah, it it was just it was it was ridiculous. So then I wrote in the note after that, the Pistachio finally finds out the plot of the movie. And he finds out that he that his father's being forced to dress up and steal things. Yes. Um, Which took us yeah. fifty minutes to get into. Uh, and then we get another scene where Jessica Simpson is in disguise stealing the lunar rover. No, the lo- the lunar lander, not That's the what rover. It was, the, the lander. But She's here's stealing the lander. But here's the but thing. It's not a, it, okay. It's the Apollo Eleven lunar lander. Yeah. Did they go to the moon to retrieve the Apollo That's, Eleven I, I guess. lunar lander? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that was left on the moon. Yeah. Maybe. But Jessica Simpson, do you know how all it took to get the lunar lander? Jessica Simpson just goes in and says she wants it. Oh she, no, she exchanged CDs. Oh, that's what. Yeah, she gave them autographed CDs. And that's that's a, that's a perfectly fair trade. Oh my god! Thanks for just so they didn't. So there. Michael Johnson, I think, only took a picture with the people. Yep. Jesse Ventura didn't give them anything. Not even no, like wrestling. He just took the Liberty Bell. Just took the belt and then CDs for the lunar lander. And this was when Jesse Ventura was governor too, yeah. which was yeah. really weird that he would. Of like, course he is. Jesse Ventura is a wrestler first. Skip out on his duties like, like to go be in the movie. It's just he's he's always going to be that first thing first, regardless yeah. of what else is going on. That's true. Um, Pistachio and Jennifer have their moment, you know, a meet cute sort of moment. Finally, mm-hmm. um, they realize that. So the, the plot ends up being that Devlin's going to sell things on what was it? Black Mark eBay. Yeah. It's a black market eBay. Um, and the the whole point of this stealing all the stuff was that now that. Fabrizio has been stealing all the stuff. He's gonna. Fabrizio is going to be dressed up as fake Devlin, and get thrown off a cliff. So then Devlin can fake his death. Right, and then everybody else think he's dead. Yeah, and that makes his. I guess that makes the value of his things go up. Uh, sure. In, in in price, I don't know why. I don't know why you would fake your own death after just stealing everything. But whatever. <laughs> because it's a brilliant foolproof plan. No one's gonna think that you actually faked your own death after you stole all this stuff. So it's really quite brilliant. Uh, and then somehow is this being like, because then we get this weird montage of people watching the fight on in the internet. So like Keenan Thompson's watching this that, fight go down. And, and then a couple of people in Germany are watching the fight go down and, and others. So I think it's really because like it was supposed to be no, because he was having like this auction on TV, yeah. but then the camera gets turned around. Yeah. And that's what everybody starts to see is this. Yeah. fight happened between Fabrizio and his father right and it's really just Fabrizio trying to or it's really Pistachio not Fabrizio and his father Pistachio right. and his father it's Pistachio trying to get 
his father unbrainwashed. Right. Which the crazy thing is, is that they make the pivotal point, the Empire State Building from King Kong moment, is when they go up to and climb to the Lunar Lander, and he's hanging off the Lunar Lander, but the Lunar Lander is like seven, eight feet tall. And if you're hanging from it, and at most, what, Dana Carvey's five and a half feet? Yeah. So basically you're hanging three feet off the ground? Yeah, not, not even, yeah. And this is a pivotal moment. Why? So it was it was really bizarre. So the real Devlin runs away and farts the whole time. Um, and so Fabrizio Devlin is being brainwashed, thinks he's a real Devlin. Um, and the, the whole way that he gets unbrainwashed was because for Pistachio put the underwear, put underwear on, his on his head, head which his father hated. Yeah. And supposedly that was enough to get his father unbrainwashed. Right. Um, so they... They get unbrainwashed. Um, they, I guess, they give back all the stuff. Right. Uh, Devlin had run away. Um, don't squeak that. It's gonna up here. Mm. Uh, Jennifer marries Pistachio. I guess. No, we don't know that until we the, don't know that. I'm guessing though. Uh, but it was in the credits, so I was right. Yes, I was right because in the yeah in the beginning of the credits, she's dancing down the aisle with a with a with a wedding dress with on. a wedding dress on. And I'm like, wait, where did I miss the scene? Yeah, you didn't miss the scene, but no. I, I guessed. Right. I was guessing in the movie. It's something that they just jam in there. So then, so then they have to go get Devlin. So basically, the movie ends, and they have to go get Devlin. I guess once and for all, you have to wrap up that plot line. Right. So Jennifer, I guess it's a whole family business now because Jennifer's down there. And Devlin says the weirdest thing to her because he goes, Hola muchachita. That's not even real Spanish, is it? No. Didn't think so. Uh, and then it was just another chance for Dana Carvey to break out a George Bush impression. That was the dumbest thing. And I said that, and as soon, and it's in my notes, and I will show you if you don't believe me, I put down, of course he had to do a George Bush impression. Oh, I, I believe and you. That's, I, and that's I, the I last you. thing yeah. I put down in this goddamn movie was, of course, of course they phoned it in. And, then, and here's the thing, I honestly am surprised that he didn't do 41. Well, because it was the current president. The current president had Correct, but still. I'm yeah, he's better. He's, his, his, his 41 is better than his 43. It's much better than W. Much better. I think, I think that the 43 market is Will Ferrell, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, just like he's got the 41. Right. And Daryl Hammond has the Clinton down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the movie. In a very long nutshell. In a, in well, a and then of, there's 15 minutes of no, we're not talking about the credits. Easter eggs in the credits in order to classify this as a feature length. Yeah, I only wanted to watch the film. 65 minutes I had to. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> I watched the post credit scenes. It's, All right. It's a, it's a lot of goofs. They wrap up. Uh, uh, there's a scene, there's a wedding scene in there. Yeah. And, and like no. an actual like ceremony no. that they filmed, but they just didn't make the cut in the movie. All right. Mr. President... <laughs> Folks around here call me W. You can call me King George. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a joke, son. (laughs) Would you mind if we had a picture together? Hmm? I'll take your time. Now I'm ready. Just say. It's an honor. Who's your daddy? Sir? This is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Any questions? It's you. Yes. Yes, it is me. The master of the sky. All right, can you defend this? No. Can you defend this movie? I don't think I can. Okay. I said that I thought there was a few funny scenes. A few. I mentioned the the um, the part about the bathroom in the living room. That's yes. Kind of a chuckle. Yes. Um, we did kind of mention we were laughing. We were laughing after the fact at the Turtle Club reference being stupid, stupid funny. Right. Um, but I really think that that's it of this movie. I liked the book. Um, the bo- you, yeah, you liked the prophecy. Book I like that because oh well, it says right here that Grandpa can't help the grants. Oh, and and you know when the yeah. parents get kidnapped. Oh well, if it's in the book, I think that James Brolin probably put in a decent performance given that he had very little to work with. The highlight for me was Jennifer Esposito. Yeah, she was very good. Like she 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 knew this was going to be her only. Well, that's not true. She was in Crash. Um, but this this was she's done a lot. She's done a lot of movies. This yeah. was kind of the middle of her career. Yeah, um, this was yeah. She was she was definitely the highlight of the movie for me um, by far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her acting was good. I think um, she kind of held. You know, she was kind of thinking what we're all saying is like, really, you want me to do what? Or that doesn't make any sense. 
you know, you know, kind of thing, or hold it together, you know, pistachio, mm-hmm. why are you turtling so much? Yeah. So, like, I commiserated with her when she was, you know, confused yeah. and You did like the miserable. fact that everybody told Pistachio that he was stupid and needed to go yes. up. Yes, it's like, you, you, need, you need to shut the hell up. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is a bit much. So, yeah. when, when Sophia said that in the beginning of the movie, I'm like, oh my god, this right. is going to be like a prophecy here. So right. Some kind of fourth wall breaking. Yeah. So, the, right. those, are, those are my few things. Okay. I think it's time for rating. Yeah, rating. So, we use the 10-point scale. Yeah. We know what IMDb's rating was, uh-huh. 3.3. Uh-huh. We know that Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 1%, which I don't really know what that means. I hate Rotten Tomatoes with a with a, with a a passion because that just means 1% were positive reviews. Right. That doesn't give me a number. Roger Ebert gave it 1 out of 4 stars. Um, what do you give it? It is not a 3.3 that it has on okay. IMDb. It's not a 3. Okay. I think it's definitely lower than that. Um... And I'm struggling between a one and a two because of how racist it is at times, mm-hmm. how how very inappropriate, how childish the humor was, how how short of a movie, meaning they just had to cut so much out of it. I want to see what they left on the cutting room floor. Like, how bad mm-hmm. was that? You know, and it was just, it seems like it was just an excuse for Dana Carvey just to go out there and just be a mimic, which he's good at, but it doesn't, it doesn't work in this platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's, Oh boy, I don't think it's as bad as Food Fight. Okay, being a one, so I think I have to leave it at a two. Okay, I we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't have here. We don't do halves. We don't do points when we're using the full ten scale. So I'm, I'm leaving it at a two. I think. I think I agree with you on the two scale. Um, it was hard to get through. I, I I was really close to giving it a one, but I don't think it was that bad. But it's definitely not a three, which means it's only, which means it's only one above. Or one below um, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We're, we're, yeah, you got to start that over. That's yeah. not released yet. Yeah, no, you're right. Which means if it's a two, that means it's only... Uh, it's tied with the Baby Geniuses, isn't it? Yeah. Did we give it a two? Yeah well, yeah, well, I gave it that a two. And you gave Theodore Rex a three. Yes, so I did. Think, so you think this movie's worse than Theodore Rex? Yes, I do. Okay. I think that Theodore Rex is probably a good movie to use as like a litmus test. Mm-hmm. For if it's better or worse. Because it's a three. And we're not going to get much higher than three. I think on many of our movies. Yeah. Um. So I I agree with you. Like I said. I'll give it a two. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. it. They're, they're, Theodore Rex had more redeeming qualities. Than this, this gets a two only because there was an attempt to make a movie. Yeah. The, the whole reason we would give a movie of one is because the, 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 the attempt was not there. It, mm-hmm. was, it was just. It was just a hodgepodge of shit. Like like food fight. Like food fight. And even Birdemic we rounded up. I gave Birdemic two a one point five, but I can't round down because right. we don't do that. So it gets a two. Mm-hmm. There was a very veiled attempt at Birdemic two to make a movie, but they had capitalized on Birdemic one, so they just right. rehashed it and tried it again. Right. But this movie there was an attempt to make something. It didn't work in the slightest and it would not have been made today. We didn't mention I uh, before we leave, we did not mention that there was an original song by Vitamin C. The Master of the Sky song. There were three original songs, I think, that I caught, at least, okay. in this movie, that all talked about Master, Master of yeah. Sky. There was Master of the Skies, and then there was two um, songs here called Master, in, in, with periods, M-A-S-T-E-R Part 1 and M-A-S-T-E-R Part 2. Yeah. So that may have been the original songs. I think that I think they are. But there are. was original music, um, and it was annoying as hell, but it was original music. <laughs> right. And then they also got the rights to all these other songs that they yeah. shoehorned into this movie. So, I think so I think I think that does it for this yeah, episode. I was gonna say I think um, I think I think we've talked about we, this uh, enough. We yeah we've given this movie its due. We've given this movie an hour's worth of due. We I think we this podcast will almost end up being longer than the damn movie, <laughs> which is really sad. <laughs> that is sad when you think about it. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you watched along with us, I apologize that you had to sit through this. Um, I don't. Let us know if you agree with the rating. Uh, leave us uh, some comments on Twitter at State of Podcast. Um, you can find the episode on iTunes. You can find all of our previous episodes are there, along with uh, on Google Music, uh, Stitcher, tuned in. We're all there. Um, if you like what we're doing and you want to see us do more of it, go ahead and uh, show us your appreciation on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Sweet 12 Studios. That's with the number 12. Um, we would love to to hear your opinions. So like I said, hit us up on the Twitter feed. Uh, we do this once a month. We love doing it. Uh, I hope you've been listening. And if not, go
go back and give them a listen and show your friends uh, what we do because we we put a lot of heart into these episodes. Uh, but that's gonna do it. We will be back. That was next. that was nicely wrapped up. I do I do want I do want to say we uh, that was a good job. We do these once a month. Uh, we will see you next month, which will be our holiday themed episode, and we've got a special guest for that one. Yes, we so, do. Please um, please stay tuned for our December release. We're really excited about it. I can't. I still I, can't believe we can. And I know at the beginning of this podcast, I said we do randomize. We made an exception for this gentleman, but we did still randomize. Yes, it was not like we picked one that 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 was needed to be done. It was I randomized options and gave the guest their choice because mm-hmm. I am nice like that. I will not yes. force somebody to watch something terrible when they're being <laughs> a guest in our podcast. Right. So we we will make uh, we make uh, sacrifices especially when since it's break the rules themed. with for celebrities. December December is the time of season for holiday themed yeah shenanigans. So it worked out really so. well that way. So um, again I want to thank you. I'm gonna reiterate what Ryan was saying. I just want to thank you all for for joining us. Uh, this has been our latest edition of In Defense of part of the State of Podcast, part of the Sweet 12 Studios. So thank you all for listening. My name is Brian. I'm Brian. And I want to be part of the Turtle Club. Club. <laughs>